Welcome to Gratitude, the grad school guide for student physical therapists. I'm Gabby. And I'm Sarah. And we are two physical therapy students on our journey to get that DPT debt free. And our vision for you is to get through PT school on your first try without any debt. Join us as we navigate through the insanity of physical therapy school together. Looking for a gift for a friend, classmate, professor, co-host of a podcast, or really anyone? Physio Memes got your back with apparel, drinkware, and home decor. And if you go to physiomemes.com, you can get a 20% off coupon with the code gratitude, spelled G-R-A-D-I-T-U-D-E-2020. And don't forget to check out his social media for a good study break laugh. As always, make life humorous. Welcome to another episode of Gratitude, everyone, and we are so excited for today's episode and today's guest because you all know her, and Shantae is on the podcast today, so thank you so much for coming on, and we can't wait to talk to you more. Dude, thank you for having me. I I love doing these. You guys reached out, and I was like, heck yeah, and thank you for being so accommodating with my schedule, so I appreciate you. I'm looking forward to doing this. No worries. Our schedules are a little crazy too. So we appreciate that. married. I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) It's all good. Um, So before we get into it too much, can you tell people a little bit about how you got into physical therapy? Sure. So I got into physical therapy, I think very similarly to a lot of people that go down the ortho route. I got hurt. I tore my ACL when I was 15. Um, Before that, I always wanted to be an orthopedic surgeon. Like that was for whatever reason in my head. Like I want to do surgery. Um, And tore my ACL and I still wanted to do that. I also wanted to play soccer. So grew up playing soccer. My dream was I'm going to go to UNC. I'm going to play soccer and like become a doctor after that. So tore my ACL, kept playing soccer, still wanted to be a doctor. Uh, went to Georgetown actually to play soccer and was, was happy with that. And along the way was like, I don't think I want to go to med school. I saw my friends doing it. Um, I was pre-med in college. So I was pre-med human science major and I was like watching other people do it. And I was like, I don't really think I want to do this. So I talked to my uh, advisor and he was like, how about physical therapy? I'll never forget it because he never turned the lights on in the office. It was so weird. And I was like, why do you have the lights on? And he was like, what? What about physical therapy? And I was like, you know, I had, I had gone to physical therapy after term ACL. And I really felt that they helped me the most. Like my surgeon actually was my basketball coach, believe it or not. Um, so I knew him, but that's the only reason that I knew him. That's the only reason we had interaction. Whereas with my therapist, I was there like all the time. I had a really rough rehab. Uh, and I was like, why not? So I applied to PT school and got in and started at NYU like two weeks after I graduated. The turnaround time was pretty crazy. And then became a PT. That's my story. And here you, here you are now. So tell Very people a different. little bit. Yeah. Tell people what you're doing now <laughs> and what your life looks like. So what I'm doing now is very different from what I was doing then. And it's 100% what I want to be doing. So I got into PT school and I cannot lie. I didn't enjoy PT, PT school. I hated it. I honestly felt that it was too easy. And I don't say that to be like braggadocious or anything like that. I didn't like it because I had gone through college and had to work really, really hard. And so instead of 
welcoming something that like came easily. I was like, this is too easy. I should be doing something else. My best friend at the time was also at NYU, but she was there for med school. And I was like, I should be doing that. I didn't really love the curriculum. I didn't love, love what we were learning. And I was like, man, did I make a mistake? But I stuck it out and then became a PT and hated that also. I just was just like, this isn't what I signed up for. Like, I love helping people. And I, I'm not sure if the people are getting better because I'm helping them or because they've been here for six to eight weeks and like haven't been doing the thing that they love. Like, is that thing going to come back? Like you're rushing to see people. And like, you know, there's so many good parts about being a PT, but I felt that there were so many other parts that were just outweighing that. And I was like, this is not sustainable. So uh, in an effort to combat my own burnout, I went and spoke with one of my advisors from PT school and she was this she put me in touch with some people and long story short, I ended up taking the OCS. So I, I didn't do in residency or anything like that. I studied for it. I took it. I passed. Cause in my head I was like, all right, like I can stay on this trajectory and like just get as many letters as possible and like climb the ranks and like, maybe it will be better. Like I just wanted to keep learning. So I went and got my OCS. I actually switched facilities where I was working and started doing more women's health, pelvic floor stuff. And like kind of like made me like, satisfied that need for a little bit, satisfied that itch for a little bit. But you know, it came back again. And I was like, man, like I'm, in, I'm in New York City doing 20 minute treats. Like, that's really tough. Like, I, I understand the model is what it is. But I was just like, I, I'm really struggling to believe that I'm delivering the best quality of care that I can. So I happened to find social media around that time I, I had just gotten into CrossFit. And Kelly Starrett was really big. Wad Doc was really big. And I was trying to learn more about CrossFit. So I started looking on social media and, you know, looking at their videos. And I was like, uh, I could do this. Like I could make a video about mobility work. Like I didn't do it to like, I'm going to become famous. I was just like, I can put my ideas out there and maybe connect with people. So I started doing that, got hooked up with Perry Nicholson, stop chasing pain. And I took a rock tape course for him, like just to meet him. And uh, fast forward to that, I got a job working for rock tape and became an instructor for them. And I actually left my job to teach for them. So I fell in love with it and I was like, this is what I want to do. I was really burned out at the time. So I was like five years out of school by then and I was really burned out and I loved, I loved teaching. I wasn't sure if I was going to love it, but I started doing it and I was traveling on the weekends and meeting so many people and getting to affect and, and impact so many people. Right? Like treating is amazing. You, you change someone's life. But for me, I felt more of a draw towards educating the providers and then thinking about like, oh my God, look at the ripple effect. If I educate these providers and open their eyes to these things, they go and treat people or they go and teach their students and like, holy smokes, this is, this is incredible. So I kept teaching for them and it allowed me to, to move across the country. And this whole time I was just doing a lot of stuff on social media, um, putting more videos out, uh, doing that kind of educational stuff. And then people started asking like, can we do like a remote consult? Can we do like the remote sessions? Like, like, a not a tutoring session, but like, can we talk? And I was like, okay, like, you want to do this? Like, that's fine. You're going to pay me to talk to you? Cool. I'm not going to say no. So started venturing into the digital space, not knowing what I was doing, but also being like, I'll figure it out. It can't be that hard. And now I do basically exclusively that. I don't treat anymore, except for like my friends and some people at the CrossFit box that beg me. Uh, and I teach for Rock Tape a little bit. I teach my own course a lot of it, and I do a lot on in the digital space. I do business coaching for other professionals, uh, and that's that's how I spend my dates. I love it. 
That is incredible. And you found what you were passionate about. And although PT school is not exactly, you know, your, what you thought it would be, you know, coming out and really not, not enjoying it. But I just love what you said of making an impact and really just educating to the masses. And if you want to talk a little bit more about your um, speaking opportunities, you know, around the country and internationally, we would love, and everybody would love to hear that. So yeah, I'm glad you brought that up actually about school. Like I just, I I do see a lot of people just ragging on PT school now. And it's just like, dude, like if you get your degree, they did their job. Like, yes, we want it to be better. I get it. We really do. And we want to elevate things. But like, if you got your degree and like you passed your student, you passed your boards, like they did their job. So you can't go into it so angry. Like you have to be like, all right, I'm going to change this. I'm not just going to complain about it. Like I just see so much complaining like, ah, like this fascial chains aren't taught in school. And I'm like, they're not on the board. So of course they're not taught in school. Like it is what it is. So I'm really glad you brought that up. Like if you guys are in school and you're feeling kind of jaded, like reach out to people, make the most of it, get your degree, get out of there and then go and change the world. Like you could do that. So speaking opportunity wise, um, all of it, I don't want to say it fell into my lap, but you know, when you put yourself in, in a place for opportunity, sometimes opportunity strikes. So I did a lot with rock tape and I threw myself into it. Like I told you, I quit my job. So I was just exclusively teaching for them, like and extensively teaching for them. Um, and I was actually voted the MVP of the, like, the first full year that I was on. Like, I was just like, this is my thing. I'm going to do it. So because of that and because of uh, what I was doing on social media and like putting my voice out there and my ideas out there, I got asked by other like so we have rock tape was like a is an international company um i got asked to go speak at events internationally uh so i got to go to dubai and speak there which was really really cool um and because of social media i launched my own course so i didn't launch it because of social media i launched my own movement course and then because of social media i had connections and following a following abroad and around and so i actually launched my course in new zealand that was the first place i I was like, why not? Like, if I, I could do it here, I could do it over there. I want to go to New Zealand. I might as well do it there. So did it in New Zealand. First one in New Zealand. Did the second one um, in uh, Australia. And then uh, second and third ones in Australia. And then I came home and, and did my U.S. tour. But so much of it was uh, something that I think, and I talked about this at the, and at, where was that? NSC that we were at? So I, much of this was, I talked about this at NSC is, is asking like, I think, you know, as females, we don't ask for things. We really think like, I'm going to work really hard and then someone's going to notice me and then I'm going to get a job. And then you're like, why don't I have a job yet? Because <laughs> like, you got to ask. I got the rock tape gig because I asked. I asked Perry, how do I become an instructor? And then I got my uh, speaking, my, my, my courses in Australia and New Zealand because I asked. I asked for some hosts. I spoke to the rock tape connection we have over there and asked to do it. So... It came by, I don't really believe in luck. I think it came by good fortune and putting yourselves in the, in the right, and putting myself in the right place at the right time and working for it and then asking for it. And it's been absolutely incredible. We're going to, uh, I only got one international schedule for next year. I'm going to go to Glasgow because believe it or not, the travel life does get a little old. Like it seems like, oh, it's going to be so cool. And then you're like, you know, you're five years in and you're like, I want to stay at home. It's sunny. <laughs> But it's been great. And what has been, if you can even consider picking a favorite or, you know, most memorable, memorable. Oh, yeah, for sure. I can do that. So I have two, for two different reasons. So 
like just the best place that I've been to um, was New Zealand. I have to go back. It's actually, you're, you have like a shirt on right now, your scrubs. The water looks like that when you're flying in. It's unreal. And you're like, then you think it's going to be all hot and steamy because it looks like that. And then you go, then you're like, it's amazing here. And there's like one person living here. It's all sheep. It's great. So New Zealand would hands down be my, my favorite. Uh, but my best class, my best rock tape class to date, and I, I bring this up because it was really surprising. I think we have to keep an open mind with things. Actually happened in West Virginia. So I know, right? So my geography is really bad. And when I was working for Rock Tape, we partnered with this other company. They booked the travel. You just click sign up for these tours. And so it's three cities in three days. And one of them said like, I don't think it said Charleston. And so I was like, oh, cool. I'll go there. And then like they sent the flight information a few weeks later. And I was like, what? Why am I flying to West Virginia? And then realized that I was going to West Virginia. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to go there. But <laughs> went there. And it was, I, I mean, it's so nice. Hands on was the best course that I have taught for rock tape for so many reasons. I think part of it was because I went in with this preconceived notion that I was kind of nervous. And then it was just, everyone was phenomenal. And I think it really speaks to our profession, you know, the movement profession in general, and the kind of people that it attracts, irrespective of where you live. That is amazing. And that's funny you bring that up because you were thinking Charleston, South Carolina, correct? Yeah. And I was like, okay. cool, man. I'm going to go Charleston. <laughs> and I was like, Mm, this is not right. <laughs> it's a big difference. I bring that up because I uh, lived in Charleston. I went to undergrad there. Oh. It is a wonderful city, so yeah. still recommend nice. anyone visit. But yes, Charleston, West, West Virginia too. Like, mm -hmm. it's you can get those easily mixed up. But yeah. it came out of you know that was a an amazing opportunity. And although it was like, oh, you know, make this place, it, yeah, make the most of it, and you did, so and it was. Do. One of your favorite places, but that is really, that is really awesome. And um, do you have any rock tape courses that you're teaching coming up? I have four that I'm doing this year. So I had to schedule every, scale everything back because I, I do so much of my own stuff now. Um, I have four that I'm teaching. I think they're mostly on the West Coast. I don't even really know where they are. I think there's one in Denver and like, I don't know, two in California. Um, the, third, the fourth one, I don't know. We haven't scheduled yet. But I also do the conferences for them. So... I will be at CSM, which is like, I don't know, next week, two weeks from now. Um, I will be doing NSC again. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it to Next. I really enjoyed Next because it's small. I like that. Uh, but I will be at the, the bigger conferences. Very cool. And I'll see you at CSM, I'm sure. Oh, of course. Of course you're going. <laughs> Um, Gabby tried uh, school complications, but next year, Gabby, we'll, we'll all get together next year. <laughs> it's amazing you guys go during school. Like that wasn't even on my radar in school. There's a few students that went, I think maybe my first year or second year, but I was always like, just get me out of here. Get me to school. <laughs> like, I love that you're doing it. It takes all kinds. Like, you know, you guys listening, everyone has a, has a, a role in things, whether you're the person that really wants to be going and like lobbying, or you're the person that wants to be all up in the APTA, or you're the person that just wants to like start your own cash practice. Like you all, everyone has a role and helps to move the profession forward. And I, I think it's really important to realize that we are all in this together and working on the same thing. Most definitely. And it's, it can be challenging at CSM, something so massive where there's so many different kinds of people. Oh coming together like it's huge 
CSM is like, as a, like I was a grown up when I went, I was in school and I was like, this is overwhelming. I don't know how you go as a student. I'd be like, uh, I'm just going to hang out in the booths downstairs. There's so much going on. I remember going down the escalator and <laughs> I was with Sarah. This was just Almost to, a year ago. Came, exactly. Yeah. Just to set the, set the scene for this real quick. So we were going down the escalator in DC, if anybody went last year and just seeing all of the, you know, the downstairs, like yeah. everybody, all the booths, all the posters. So I was like, oh, this it's is so overwhelming. a lot. <laughs> so overwhelming. Like, holy smokes, all yeah. these people in one place and it's always a cold place why does the apta do that i don't understand chiropractors get to go to the it's always in like florida and then apta is like mm, rhode island and you're like what <laughs> why would you host it there new orleans was really good well next year do you know where it's at next year uh somewhere warm i hope it is it's in orlando next year okay finally good <laughs> Very good. Years Very, later. You're going to be like, oh, we're doing it in Maine. And you're like, what? It's in February. Like, move it to a different month then, and then you can go anywhere. But it's in February, guys. We're gonna, everyone's going to get snowed in this year, I'm predicting. Denver <laughs> in February. Point, right? We're like stuck. Like, keeps oh. us inside. <laughs> it's true. It keeps you at the conference. It's true. It keeps you there. <laughs> That's a whole other side note. Um, but... Can you talk a little bit about, like, who did you look up to? I know you said when you started, you had no idea what you were doing. You didn't have yeah. intentions of it turning into this. But then when you realized what you had, like, who did you reach out to and what was that process like? Yeah, so Perry has always been my self-appointed men mentor. So Perry Nicholson, he's a Cairo, uh, treats like PTs do, like, we're all the same things. He's always been someone I looked up to mainly for his – approach to everything and not not them like didactic like movement side of it like you guys can learn that anywhere like take a course read a book like it's not like oh my god this is like so confusing like you'd be okay it was really how do you show up and how do you keep showing up and how do you show up authentically because no matter what you're saying that's what people want is for you to say it authentically so watching perry and that's the beauty of social media i could just watch him do it like i didn't have to call him and be like how'd you do that I'm just like watching it. And I'm like, dude is showing up every day. And dude is not apologetic for his beliefs. He's super open-minded. He's not combative. He's leading with light. He's putting out information there. He's just trying to help people. He genuinely cares. Let me emulate that. And then it just, you know, it, it grew. Like, I, I think, not I think, I know I, I was in the right place at the right time with, especially as it relates to social media, like other people weren't really doing it. So there wasn't like, other people to compare yourself to, to be like, I'm doing it wrong or they're doing it better. Cause you're like, nobody's doing it. So like, we're all just making it up. Like this is like videos were only 15 seconds long. So you could only do, but so much like wasn't all that fancy. So you just kind of like figuring out as you go. And you know, I had the, the good fortune of having, I reached out to Perry before took his, before rock tape. So like I reached out via social media, I was following him, liking his stuff, just commenting. And I, I see that now with schools, excuse me, with students. And I always encourage students, I'm like, go to the, the school that like you want to go to, but also that's like the cheapest. Like don't, you don't need to go to a super expensive school to make connections because you can literally DM someone or I know you guys like are really big on Twitter. Like you can go and tweet somebody like, you know, it's not a hard thing. It's not like, oh, I got to pay $200,000 to have this conversation with somebody. It's like, no, you just have to literally go on your phone 
and send that message. And that's what I did with Perry. Messaged him and was talking to him and following him. And I was genuinely invested in him. I think it's really important that if we're looking for mentors, if we're looking for help, like you have to invest in that person before they invest in you. It can't just be like, hey, what can you give me? Like these people are busy and have things to do. So there really needs to be that like, oh, this person has invested their time in me. Cool. I'm going to give it back to them. So for you guys thinking like, oh, how do I do it? Just reach out and be kind. Like be a human and, and be kind and give, 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 give. That is so key to know. And we, we always say it, the PT world is so small. And if there's someone you want to reach out to, just send a message. Like social media is so huge. And don't be afraid to just say, oh, what are they going to think of me? Just this perceived... I don't know. Like you think they're going to judge you. No, exactly. no, no one's doing that. No, no, one's no, doing no one's that. doing that. There's a but, person on the other side of that. I think we forget like people message and it's like people will message me and then they're like, oh, I can't believe you wrote back. And I'm like, you wrote to me. Of course I wrote back to you. <laughs> like you sent a message. Like it is a human on the other side of it. And yeah, people are busy, but most of the accounts, like the names that I know people, I know like they will get back to you. Maybe it takes a little bit of time, but they'll get back to you for sure. And I do want to say, I appreciate your timeliness with your messages. And I don't know how you do it because my job <laughs> now. I this is my job now. It's different. Like when this is what you do and you're not treating and you're not in the clinic all day, like I have literally made this my job. And that was really important to me to have a job that I really, really enjoyed. And, you know, the perfect job doesn't exist. You have to create it. You have to build it. And for me, I think for many people, the easiest way to do that is to start off rather is with what you don't like. So instead of trying to be like, what do I want to do? And like, I still don't know hundred percent, but I know what I don't want to do. So that's like also a good marketing tip. And you're like looking to put, ask people for things. People know what they don't want and what they've already done. Like think about when you go to have dinner with your friends and you're like, what should we get? Nobody offers suggestions. Maybe there's that one person, but everybody else, no one says anything. And then you're like, what about pizza? And you're like, no. And you're like, what? Then say something. Because people know what they don't want and what they've already done. So for me, I was like, let me make a list of things that I don't want. I don't want to walk to work in the snow. I don't want to wake up when it's dark outside. I hate alarm clocks. I wake up at 7.30, but I don't have an alarm clock. And those are things that I was like, this is what I want out of my job. And then it's just been evolving as, uh, you know, as I move forward and, and as I go. So what does a week look like for you now on average? I know it's so different every week. So this year, my goal is actually to stay home more. I would try and make it so that I'm home at least two, two weeks out of the month. Um, Because before I was gone, sometimes like every weekend, which kind of sucky, but I have done more to like batch my days. So uh, like I will Mondays, I'm working on any kind of like any kind of maestro stuff. Actually, let me back it up. I work out. I've changed my schedule. I typically work out like from like 11 to one. So I work out in the middle of the day because it's sunnier now than going in the morning. I used to go from like nine to 12 and now it's like 11 to like 1.30 or so. So I'll wake up, I check Instagram. It's the first thing I do. So I know there's things out there that are like, don't check your phone and keep it in the other room. And I'm like, uh, no. So the first thing I do, I love it. I enjoy it. I'm, on, I'm three hours behind you guys. So I kind of catch up on things because people have messaged me. And so I'm like, let me catch up to this check my email. Is there anything good in there? Never is. Uh, and then I make my little lemon juice elixir concoction and I have that. And then I go to the computer and do work. Uh, and I go to the gym and then 
I usually come back, eat lunch, and then I do more work in the afternoon. So I really kind of blocked it out, tried to block it out so that I have, I like to be outside in the middle of the day because it's sunny. And then I don't mind working late. I'm an, I'm a night owl, so I do work later. But Mondays, I'm doing maestro stuff. Tuesdays, if I have any kind of coaching calls, I book them all on that day. Wednesdays, I go back to doing more of my maestro stuff, doing any content creation. Thursdays, I'm recording podcasts, um, whether it's my own or being on someone else's. Um, and then Friday is usually travel. So I try, to, I try to really have my work week Tuesday through Thursday because when I do travel to teach, sometimes Mondays and Fridays get weird. So I don't want to have anything important on those days. So I batch everything for the middle of the week and uh, notice there was no patient care in there, which is why I'm able to get back to messages so quickly. Uh, but because people ask me, they're like, well, how do you like know that what you're doing still works? And it's like, because you're still... One, this is not rocket science. Two, you're still working with people, treating people, quote unquote, at, the, at my box, at my courses. You're still assessing them. You're still very much having your finger on the, on the pulse of things, attending, continuing ed, and things like that. And I also have been treating for 10 years. So it's not like I treated for one day and was like, peace out. All good. <laughs> and and even if you did, it'd be okay. Right? Exactly. Like the number one skill that we see in PT is, can you listen? It's like all people want is, can you listen enough, man? They're going to tell you what they need. Some people just need time. Some people need to quit their job. Some people need to get divorced. Some people need to exercise more. Like if you just listen to what, the, what they're saying and you ask the right questions, people will tell you. Like, yes, there are higher level techniques out there and there's some really cool stuff we can do, but at the foundation of everything has to be that connection. If that person doesn't want you to touch them, if that person doesn't want to spend time with you, it doesn't matter what techniques you have, they're not going to get better. You just hit it right on the head. Like that, that is it. And, um, and I just kind of going back, I love what you said about figuring out what you don't want to do yeah, and easy. then, and going, yeah, it's easy. It's going from there. And I know a lot of students, you know, you, you come in, you're like, oh, I want to do ortho. And then your mind changes in PT school and you're like, oh, I want to do neuro or something else. And it's really, like you said, figuring out what you don't want to do, what setting you don't want to be in. Do you not want to work 40 hours a week? Then, all right. Then don't make that for yourself and exactly. create, create what you want to do and help and make an impact. Um, and I think that's huge. And people need to hear this because students especially think, oh, I need to go, I'm going to graduate PT school, be a new grad. And yes, you want to have the experiences and build up, you know, build up your clinical skills, but just know that you don't have to be stuck. Like exactly. you can create your own opportunities. That's it. hundred yeah. percent. Look at it. You guys are like, this is like one of the best, I believe one of the, one of the best times to be alive because you have access to so many people and you have evidence of so many different routes that are successful or that are possible. I don't want to say successful, that are possible, feasible. Like you get to watch what these other people are doing. I think the, the only caveat I would give there, the like, you know, disclaimer there is like, don't compare your chapter one to someone else's chapter 10. So like, I didn't start off doing this. Like I worked in the clinic and there's tremendous value in, it sucks to work in a, in a mill, but like, there's also a lot of value in it. Like you will learn what you don't like. You also learn time management. You learn how to like do the stuff that's really important. So get a job, like it's okay. And then I love that you said that, but know that you're not stuck. So go there, get the most out of it that you can work hard. And then if you're like, this really isn't for me. All right, cool. Then you, you, you've learned that you've made connections, you've gained these skills, don't burn any bridges, 
and then you move on to the next thing. There's no requirements for whatever path um, people take after school. And I think that's that, super important. Not stuck, not required to do any of the above. That's so it. No, oh, I love that. And so you've done so much since you graduated. When did you actually start? When did you stop treating? Let's just like put a timeline on this. Two years ago, 2018. And when so, did you graduate? 2010. So eight years. So 2018, the end of it was when I like officially stopped taking like appointments. So like I said, I still do stuff. My friend, I, I, in the CrossFit box, people are like always like halfway crippled. So you're, there's always someone that you can help out. But I officially stopped taking appointments uh, at the beginning of 2018. Okay. Got it. And so this is for those of you listening to this in the future, it is January of 2020. So hasn't been that long. Right. Um, What did you expect this to become two years ago? Meaning micro stuff? Yeah. What did you expect your life to look like in 2020, but back in 2018? So I've never been good at like projecting and being like, in a year, it's going to be like that. But I knew that when I was in New York, I had to make a change because I was just so unhappy. And it wasn't like, it almost like it was my job that's making me unhappy. Like I didn't like it there. I was, there, I was in New York for, how many years was I there? Uh, 2010 to, no, what am I saying? 2010. I went to school in 2007. So 2007 to 2016, I was in New York. So was that nine years? And by the end, I was like, oh, my God, get me out of here. It's just like, it's a lot, right? Like, your just nervous system is always go, 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 go. So I just knew that I wanted to be able to be happier. Like, I wasn't happy. And so in 2018, which was just a few years ago, I wasn't unhappy. So there wasn't like a, I have to change, make radical changes. It was just like, I'm going to keep this ship moving forward. I, I knew that I didn't really like treating um, and I love assessment. I'll say that. Like, I love helping people figure out what's going on, but I'm not a babysitter. And I'm like, okay, now like go to your stuff. Oh, you still didn't do it? Well, that's on you because my back doesn't hurt. So I didn't like that part of things. Uh, but I loved assessment. But for me, it was just like, I knew that I was moving towards uh, more financial independence from rock tape. That was something I wanted in 2020. Uh, and I think something that's been driving me since day one is that I wanted the ability to control my days. And so that came, you know, hand in hand with more financial independence from rock tape because like I couldn't, I can't control those weekends. Like I get to pick the weekends I teach and like where I was teaching and things like that, but it was still like, it's not hundred percent in your control with those things. Whereas if it's my course, I'm booking it. It's the content I 100% want to be teaching. I'm in full control of it. So I think 2020 was, my goal was just to have more control over things. It sounds like really like I need to go see a therapist, but in the best way possible, my goal was to have more control over things. And that's exactly where I'm at. So I'm happy. We get it. In the best way possible, you know, you don't want to be controlled by somebody else outside of your world telling exactly. you when you should or should not be working and how you should or should not be treating. Totally. It was like, it was, it, not, it was not, it was not for me. And uh, the flip side that I just want to throw in there is that, it's okay to work for people. Like, I think we're in a time where we're in this, you know, cash-based revolution, like renaissance and like, we need employees also. So if you're not cut out for the boss life or the owner life, cause it's not, it's not easy to like, to be like, where's my money coming from next month? I don't know. Like, that's scary. If that's not for you, like 
that's okay. Like, I just think there's such a push right now of like, start your own thing and be your own boss. And it's kind of like, if you want to, amazing. If you don't and you love working in a facility, find a great facility or, you know, be in one that you, that you can have more input and, and help that thing to grow and become your ideal facility. Like they're both okay. Just figure out what resonates the most with you and then go after that. And, and that is so true because what you bring to a facility or to an employer, like there are skills that, you know, you, you learn and you can bring that and say, Hey, I have these, you know, social media skills. I can run a Facebook page page. I can run an Instagram. And then you bring, we bring that unique skill set, skill set to the table. And, you know, as long as your input is there and they'll be like, yeah, you know, take over, take over the social media because that that's exactly right. Like you can do that. That is an option. You have skills. Like I think that that's a huge thing that I'd love to see the newer generation doing. Like my biggest issue with social media is that I see too many PTs arguing with other PTs and too many PTs demanding the evidence from other PTs when the person down the road from you has no idea that you exist and has no idea what PTs even do. That is a way more important fight to be fighting. And I think that what this next generation can bring is that you are technologically savvy like biz- clinic owners like don't know how to turn their phone on like it's not like they're like oh what is this i'm on you know I'm a- is the pinterest just good or linkedin and you're like what that's a terrible idea they don't know but you guys knowing understanding twitter and understanding facebook and understanding instagram and god forbid tiktok like understanding that these platforms exist and how to how to reach the general public that's what we need is we need to show people just how good we are. Like, yeah, more skills are great, but only if you can use them, only if you can help people. And if we're sitting here arguing with each other, well, we're not helping people. So I would love to see a time when, you know, new grads are really able to utilize that skill and really able to utilize that social, that social skill set that they have those soft skills to market the profession and market what we do and really truly get what we do and push it forward because people don't even know what we do. Like, they have no idea. You go and tell someone that like, oh, I'm a PT. They all do like the universal signal for PT, which is like, you guys can't see me on the, that are listening, but like when they're doing like external internal rotation of the band, like everybody in the world does that when you're like, oh, I'm a PT. And they're like, oh, like, oh yeah, I have like a band. I did that. And you're like, what? That's, that's all you think about with the PT? Like that yellow band? You're not even doing it right. Like, <laughs> so if we could do that. I'd love to see that where we take the profession and we flip it and we, we push it forward and we turn clinics into places that people want to be. Right. So one of the biggest problems with, with PT is that it's a grudge purchase. People don't want to go to PT. Like we love it. We're like, you could, we could help you. Like nobody wants to go there. Nobody wants to go to the dentist. They're going cause like they have to go. Cause like my back hurts. I can't be with my kids. My doctor said I had to go. My wife said I had to go. Whatever reason. They're not there cause they're like, Oh, I want to hang out. But we can flip that and we can change that model and make it the type of place where it is more of a membership, where it is more prophylactic, where it is this more like liver better lifestyle and oh, something happened. That's cool. We can help you. We can change that and, and actually, you know, have people wanting to be there. And that's what I'd love to see the next generation really using their skill set for because you guys know how to do it. 
Yeah, I'm really excited to see the future of PT because I think that is the future and I think it's coming sooner than people really anticipate. Totally. Totally. It has to. Like, it it really is a change, you know, adapt or die. Like, I think one of the best things that's happened to physical therapy is that personal trainers leveled up. Like, they started doing all this stuff and suddenly PTs was like, what? I'm losing my people. I better go and learn some of this stuff. And so it forces everyone to elevate. And so I think we're going to see that because people are realizing like, also like our profession attracts people who are inherently good and they want to do better. Like people want to help people. And when you start realizing like, hey, what I'm doing like isn't really helping people, it's not so fulfilling. And then at the same time, we have social media where we see other people who are doing what we want to be doing and who are helping people. And we're like, wait a minute, like maybe we can do something else. So I, I totally agree. I think it's going to come sooner than, sooner than we think. It's coming. Uh-oh. And yeah, it's definitely going to be coming sooner, sooner than we You're think. smiling so big. I love it. Oh, yes. So it, just, it makes excited. me so happy. And talk a little bit about um, your online course that you teach other, you know, outside of rock tape, um, mm-hmm. your own online courses and your coaching Yeah. Uh, and how, how you structure that. Sure. So I do, I do both. So I have an in-person movement assessment course. I opened it up to everyone. It's not just for PTs because we're all in this together and people need to learn. Um, So I basically started an in-person course, two day in-person course to quote unquote, bridge the gap, like to put it all together. I should really say, I see this people take a lot of courses, a lot of different courses. And they're like, well, how do I actually use this? What do I actually do? What do I start? Um, I got that question, you know, as an instructor for rock tape and they're like, cool. Like I love using these things, but like, how do I know when to use it? And what do I do next? So I was like, let me create a course that answers this question for you and shows you like, here's a very basic approach to assessment. It doesn't have to be super high level. Like all the other high level stuff is really cool. But if you don't master what's inside of the box, do not worry about what's outside of the box. Like you have to own this first. So that's what I did for my in-person course. And I'm teaching like uh, five or six of those this year. I'm going to cut back on those and I'm recording it this year so that I can put it online so that 2021, I'm not traveling as much. It's just really tough to do them. Uh, And then online, I have two courses, uh, very different. One is an online course. It's like a two hour self-paced course. That's just all about breathing. So I listened to my people, I listened to the questions that they asked. And the biggest question they kept asking was like, am I breathing wrong? And I was like, pump the brakes. If you're alive, you're breathing right. So let me make a course to tell you this. And, you know, I, I am the type of person, I'm very much an early adopter. So any courses that come out, I take them. You guys listening, I recommend once you're out of school, but like take, take courses like when they're new because they're cheaper and they never change. Like they add like a little bit of stuff, but like, it's going to be mostly the same, but then like $500 more. So just take it in the beginning. So I took, took courses and I was like, let me synthesize this information for people into something that, that is digestible and easily accessible. Because one of the things I learned with traveling all over the country is people live in places that they can't like leave. Like they have kids, they have things to do, like they can't be just flying all over the place. So I was like, I can come into your house in a non-creepy way via the computer. So I recorded a, a two-hour course like that. and then I. I'm really into the business side of things uh, and Instagram has really helped me. So I created a course, another self-paced online course that is basically how to use Instagram for business. Any question that you could have ever had, you'd ever have is on there. And the beauty of the kind of technology and software that we have nowadays is that I can add things to it. Instagram changes. So I can add things to the course as it changes. 
and then I also run a six week long, uh, I call it an intensive, which is a six week coaching, uh, group coaching program that I coach people in, in how to the, like the nuances of how to use Instagram for business. So people that want to do it on their own, they have the online course. And for people that want a little more handholding, I do the, the six week course. And then I also offer one off. I don't only do it as one offs. I offer one off business courses, uh, business coaching. Uh, so it's more of like consulting, like where are you at? Kind of what's, what are you stuck with? Okay. Let me point you in the right direction. And then I just launched, I'm doing a bunch of shit right now. So I just launched uh, my Maestro Mafia to my beta members. And my Maestro Mafia is basically all the stuff I do, but I put it in one portal and I brought everyone together in a private group so they can learn from each other. And then I can put out content weekly, monthly, a little bit of structure. And then people can pick and choose as they want because everyone wants something different. I have some people that are like, I kind of want to leave my job, maybe. And then I have people over here that are like, what about breathing again? And I'm like, wait, what? So this way it's all in the same place and they can have their kind of choose your own adventure thing. I think you guys listening, like the, the big thing is if you see a problem, solve it. That's it. And that's like the biggest piece of advice for life. <laughs> <laughs> problem. Like, look, keep your eyes open, ask questions and then solve problems. And you're like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm set. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Love that. Um, and for students listening, although PT school you felt like was pretty easy for you and you wished it was, you know, different or like med school or whatever, what advice would you have to a PT student today? Focus on the soft skills. You're going to learn the things you need to learn. You, there's plenty of time. There, there's no fire. You guys, there's zero fires. Maybe Australia. We don't want to talk about that. But there's no fire happening in school. There's no ha fire happening in your career. Take your time and focus on the soft skills in every single aspect because that is what will get you the farthest. And so it's not just in terms of like focus on the soft skills with, with your patients. I think people are like inherently good at that. Focus on the soft skills with your other providers. I really don't like the way I see PTs interacting with each other. And I'm like, where are the soft skills? Like, you're not even listening. What kind of discussion is this? Like, that no that's not good so focus on the soft skills they will take you everywhere that was great advice and all students definitely need to hear this and yeah with providers like and with each other it's it's so important because you do it with your patients you're like you do. yes i'm gonna i'm not gonna be mean to my patients yeah, you listen <laughs> And then on Instagram, people like slide into the DMs and like, don't even say hello. And you're like, is this how you treat your patients? I hope not. Or like, you know, you see people on social media arguing with each other and you're like, is this how you treat your patients that you just want to be right? Why can't we just you know, have a discussion, listen to each other and then be like, all right, that's cool. It's what you believe. Cool. Like leave with light and focus on those soft skills. So, so, so important. So important. You're going to build an army either way, whether you come out nice or you come out as an asshole. So just be mindful of that. and watch we watch the army that you're building that's true and for people who do want to reach out to you and say hello yeah say hello first you, yeah how can they reach out to you sure the thing the easiest thing is instagram i have a, a twitter account i don't go on it uh, but the easiest thing would be instagram my handle is, is that we call it the handle my name there mm -hmm. is the movement maestro so maestro is m a e s t r o if you don't like instagram that's totally fine you can go to my website 
themovementmaestro.com. There's a contact button. You can email. It goes to me. You can email me there. Um, and I'd love to hear from you. I, I actually, I do write back. Um, I love the questions that I receive. It's really, it's food for thought. It makes for good podcast episodes. So please reach out. I promise I will write back. I promise. And your podcast too. Huh. That's great. Podcast. You guys know it's so fun. Like I, I've been trying to put out a post about it. Like just the concept of like, if you want to talk to someone, start a podcast. Like you can talk to anybody. If you have a podcast, people will talk to you. They'll come on your podcast. Like people, I, I don't have the bandwidth now to like go to lunch with people. I get asked and like, oh, like I might be around. Like, can I go to lunch and pick your brain? First of all, I hate that phrase. No, you can't pick my brain. But I don't have the bandwidth to do it. I, I literally cannot do it. But it's not that I don't want to talk to you. But you're also kind of like sometimes saying the same, answering the same questions over and over again. But if someone has a podcast, it's great. It's content for them. It's content for you. It gets to be heard by multiple people. It's just a way better use of time. So if you're like, man, I just really want to talk to a lot of people, start a podcast. Like, it's not, I'm, saying, I'm not saying it's easy, but start a podcast, the conversations you get to have, it's incredible. The connection's incredible. We agree with that 100%. It really is. It really is so much fun. And it's just the conversations that you have. It's, you can't, you can't replicate this anywhere uh else. And you get to talk with some pretty cool people. Yeah. It's like couldn't call someone on the phone. Like when else could you call someone like your mentor, right? Like big, you know, I think back to like parents like that. Like when else could I call him and be like, Hey, you want to talk? Like, no. But then you're like, let's do a podcast. And you're like, Oh, cool. Sure. It's the same thing. And you record it. Oh, love that. We just want to say thanks so much for coming on the podcast today yeah, <laughs> and letting us record this and like push it out to all the people. Wow. Um, and appreciate you answering the questions I'm sure you get asked all the time. Wow, these, are, these are actually not, these are actually, I, I've been on, I was, I was actually on another one yesterday and it's always interesting to see where people are going with things. And I love what you're doing, that you're not asking the traditional standard boring questions and you guys do a great job of, of playing off each other. Like this was really, really good. I, I really, again, thank you for being so accommodating the schedule and we had to move things around a bit. So appreciate it. Like this is awesome. Thanks for listening to Gratitude, the grad school guide for student physical therapists. If you like our show and want to know more, check out our Instagram and Facebook page linked in the description.